So, I just brought home bird dog puppy. No, that's a lie. I really didn't. I've, I've owned a couple of them. I'm not ready for another one yet. I was going to say, what is this, Buddy? I thought it said Jason, but... No, that that's Buddy. <laughs> Buddy's got that little Brittany. I, you know what? It's funny. I haven't even seen that dog. I haven't even seen our new shop at this point. Oh, I, I saw geez. it before they moved all the equipment in. And then just between what I have going on at home and baby and then Rona season and all that, I haven't even been to this new shop yet. So Plus I you go probably have air conditioning. Too. You probably have air conditioning at home. So you probably didn't want to be at the shop there for a while. I saw you guys were closing oh, yeah. down early a lot of days. And <laughs> Yeah. There was a couple of days there that they said it was too hot to work. So I took advantage of that also. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I've got my own AC unit, my office here, but you know, it, it does make it kind of rough to call in sick when you <laughs> right down the hallway from your office or, you know, Hey, I no can't excuses. make it to work. The snow's too deep. I can't drive in. Well, he knows I wear flip-flops year round to the office. So yeah, <laughs> maybe no he excuses. doesn't know that. I don't know. He'd be mad if I did probably. <laughs> but I know Buddy's intentions with that bird dog, you know, he was looking for a companion and something to go hunt with occasionally, but you know, more of a family dog. Yeah. But you know, you're, you take things a step further and I know you're a houndsman, you're a bird dog hunter, you know, you're kind of just an all around dog man, but we've been getting some, some interest from these new bird hunters too, that have been writing messages in and, and checking in with us. For sure. And they just, they don't know where to really start. And there's so much information out there. I mean, how, how would you direct somebody who's new to the gun dog, you know, retrievers, any kind of dog in that realm? It's not like they can just go like for me, they're going to go to a hound group. Well, there's yep. so many bird dog groups out there. Yeah. Where, where are they going to look at to get information and get their foot in the door with training they're not professional trainers they just want to you know train their own dog yeah so for 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 me my perspective is going to come primarily from from pointing dogs um that's what i have and that's um that's what i'm most passionate about um so um you know for somebody that just got a dog and want to get started i probably the easiest the easiest avenue to take would be to have a mentor somewhere um you know, somewhere close to you, whether it be a professional trainer or somebody that's had bird dogs their whole life. Because like you said, man, if you go online and start, start Googling and your head's going to be spinning because there's, there's a ton of different, there's a ton of different, uh, um, methods out there and, and just a ton of different avenues that you can take dogs. Um, you know, some guys just want a dog that just basically a meat dog, something they can go walk behind and, shoot some birds over where you know the uh the training doesn't have to be you know at an elite level i mean if they point a bird and maybe they'll go pick it up and bring it back maybe they won't but as long as they're finding birds and shooting birds they're going to be happy um sure. you know whereas some people want to take take their dogs to to a little bit higher levels and and maybe even start hunt testing them um i run my dogs in um akc hunt tests um, which that's where you get your junior hunter, senior hunter, master hunter titles like that. But then I also, um, uh, test them in the, through the NAVDA system, which is a North American versatile hunting dog association. Um, and that, 
that association is is tailored a lot more to your 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 guys that just have one dog and want to go hunting and stuff like that because a lot of that training um really um transfers over to to hunting very well it's because like you're, you're in the field it, exactly yeah you're you're training uh the versatile part um comes in as uh they they have there's a water portion and then a field portion so you're you're doing some of your uh duck duck training and your waterfall training as well um you know even me i'm not a wa- waterfall hunter i've i've never gone other than laying in a goose blind out in the middle of a field drinking a few beers every once in a while with a buddy and you know letting some shots rip that's about all i've ever done but the training is still good i mean every everything you can do with the dog a lot of that stuff that i've taught my dogs um for the the um water portion of it i mean i've found you know i've been in south dakota and shot a rooster and it goes down in the middle of a pond and the bird didn't see it well most dogs aren't going to go get that but because of the training i've done through navda i can walk my dogs up to the water's edge and give them a command and they're going to swim out there because they know there's something out there um you know and 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 your average just upland hunter is is um they're they're probably not going to have a tool to use um in that situation with their dogs so um so you're making i mean in outsider's perspective you're making better meat dogs out of it because they're they're going to handle those real life situations that happen yeah i field. i think so i mean sure some of some of the stuff that you're doing you you may never need um sure you you know you may never use that in a hunting situation but um again i think everything you can teach a dog whether you use it or not the more that dog's learning for one thing the more time you're spending with that dog so you're you're gonna have a better bond with that dog, um, and all that's gonna translate to whatever you're doing. Um, so you know, I, I think in that aspect, it's 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 very good. Um, sure. Everybody has different different opinions on this. I mean, some guys that only hunt say hunt tests are a joke, you know. And I'm kind of in the middle. Um, that's the dog world, though. That's everything: papers, yeah. non-papers tested non-tested register it's it's crazy it's whatever worked for whoever's feeding that thing is how i and what you it. and whatever you want to do i mean what however you want to spend your time you know and and your money most importantly your money because right <laughs> i mean and that's my thing is you know people have their like from a hound side okay you can relate to this you have an expectation i can put up with this if the dog can do this like it's a balancing yeah. act all the time and the same with these bird dogs. I think that there is some closed mindedness in the fact that they either do or don't do the job in some people that I've talked with. And like I said, I'm completely ignorant when it comes to the bird dog side of things. We've owned a couple, but I never worked them. And yeah. it's something I look forward to doing someday down the road. But I know some friends that, that are very heavy into the bird dogs, especially wire haired pointers. And, um, you know, they're always talking about these hunt tests and going and mm-hmm. checking them out and these horse mounted field trials. And it sounds so intense and overwhelming to somebody walking in. Yeah. Like if you were going to talk to somebody like myself, let's say I'm wanting to do a bird dog. What are the steps that I can take to start working towards, let's say that NAVDA? I mean, that sounds really interesting to me because it's, 
it's not just a check this box, check this box, check this box. It's different yep. scenarios. It's different situations. How would somebody go about getting in this, to something like that? Or what would a, a timeline for reasonable expectations to, to start working a dog towards that kind of a test? So uh, NAVDA has local chapters all, all over the country. I, I mean, the first step would be um, finding your find your local whatever's closest to you or, or easiest most accessible to you and, and join that join that chapter and they send chapter. out e- yeah they send out emails all the time and they have training nights um you know like in wisconsin for instance obviously it's may or probably about may before um before they start having training nights um but then all summer long they'll be having having training nights um and NAVDA it's a it's a three-step or there, there's three different tests. The first test would be the NA, which is a natural ability test. The dog, and literally what they're testing for is basically just a dog, dog's natural ability, like how well it hunts. Um, there's a there's a pheasant track portion of it where they want to see that dog follow that track. Um, and then the for the water portion, um, the dog just has to go in and get a couple bumpers. Um, now, I wouldn't, Entry level. I, I mean, really, yeah, just, just strip down. This dog has the desire to do it. Exactly. Yep. And within that, within that test, and every aspect, you know, they're they're looking at things like cooperation and trainability, um, stuff like you know, little stuff like that. I mean, like if you give the dog a command, they want they want to see that dog acknowledge that command. Um, <laughs> um, so you know that that that's part of cooperation and stuff but you know and for that it's a natural ability test but also y- you want to do some training for it um because for instance like for the pheasant track portion of it if you haven't introduced your dog to that pheasant track portion of it it's probably not going to know what the situation is i mean you want to be able right. to walk up to that starting line and give your dog a command and it knows okay like something ran it. away here i need yeah i need yeah. to follow it um so there is some a little bit of training that that goes involved in that um and the, i think i don't know if i said it or not but the dog that has to take that test before it's two um and then after that they have uh the ut test was which now you're getting into the little more upper level stuff which is utility test um and for that portion of it the dog has to be completely steady in the field um which means dog finds a bird goes on point uh dog must you walk up flush the bird shoot the bird while the gunner shoot the bird dog must remain on point until you release it to uh to retrieve retrieve the bird and then it must deliver the bird to hand um and then for that portion there's a duck search um which basically you take the dog up to the the water's edge and um release the dog and it must go on a 10 minute duck search basically just a blind <laughs> go out really swim around check and cover yeah and that's that's a very tough portion to train for because they don't you fire a shot but i think the shot gets a little redundant in training you know whereas it kind of makes it not mean anything because you have to train for it so much um right but that, that's a very hard portion and then there's also a steadiness portion to the test um where you put the dog in a blind almost like simulating duck hunting and a series of shots go off and then you you send the dog out to to retrieve a duck um and then above that there's an invitational where the dog could earn its uh versatile champion title 
and that's you know that's kind of just on top of everything else that you just did and 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 they want to see it all to a little bit higher level they have to and that's where you're getting ready to head right yeah next well yeah it's next september and in new mexico we qualified for that so um nervous but looking forward to it at the same time but thankfully i've got enough time here i i don't have to cram you know i've kind of just been throwing little little pieces in as we go here but we're just about ready for wild bird season here and then our our hunt test training is going to be thrown on the thrown on the table for a while because i'm a i'm a wild bird hunter first i i kind of just like to do the the testing and stuff and in the off season and it uh i think it like i said it's a good way to spend a little bit more time with your dog and and take them to that next level in their training um so like you looking at going out to new you said it's in new mexico yeah what are you gonna have to change things up like your refresher course how does that work because like we've talked about the differences sending conditions i'm assuming is very similar for bird dogs as it is hounds what are you gonna do to like that's a pretty serious climate change difference yeah so i don't know and obviously that's Honestly, that's one thing that I'm a little concerned with. I know what I'm not going to do, and what I can't do is get mm-hmm. there the night before the test and no, put you the got dog a three in the week trip now. All of a sudden, <laughs> I know I'm aware of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but that's my thought. It's like I know what it's like to show up and go hunt somewhere the next day, and it's horrible most of the time. Yeah, I, I think it's not quite as big of a deal with bird dogs, just because they are smelling what's in front of their face for the most part, smell bird and stop. Um, you, you know, they're not trailing something for miles and miles and miles. So although I do think there is some adjustment, I don't think it's, it's quite as critical as it is with the hounds. Um, right. You know, I think it's, I think there's a little more, um, there's a little more, uh, leniency there, but, and, and also with my bird dogs, I mean, I, like I'm, I'm going to go to Montana this year. I'm, I'm going to take them to Iowa. I'm going to go to South Dakota. You know, you travel around a little bit. Yeah. You travel around a little bit more with your bird dogs than you do with your hounds too, which I think also helps them get accustomed to that. Um, you know, riding around in a dog trailer and dog box and sure they kind of, they kind of know that when they're going somewhere in the dog trailer and the dog box, they're going hunting or whatever. So I, I think they, I think they transition to that a little bit oh, easier sure. than the hounds do. It's like jumping on the, the school bus headed to a football game. Like everybody's oh, yeah. fired up. They know they're going to go work. That, exactly. And they love it. Yep. So for, I mean, it sounds like that gets to a pretty high level then. I mean, that is, it's yeah. prestigious and it's a high level of professionalism from that dog to reach those goals. Correct. I mean, it's yeah. not like they're just handing out these master hunt titles, right? No. I mean, you don't get those in a Wheaties box. No, yeah, it takes a dog with a pretty sound mind to take them to that level of training. And tests are, you know, tests for a dog are are no different than tests for a lot of humans. You know, I mean, you can you can think you got everything down and you get in a test and your mind just, you know, it just escapes <laughs> you. Just forget you. The, everything. Exactly, and the same the same thing kind of happens with bird dogs. You know, I don't know how, but they can sense that pressure, and you know, there's a bunch of strange people around. Usually, there's strange For dogs sure. in the mix, and um, weird stuff happens that that you maybe weren't prepared for, or or hadn't 
or hadn't uh, prepared for, and um, it can it can break dogs down. So you know they got to have a pretty sound mind to to uh, be able to handle that pressure. So do for you have to reason, work your they, dogs? They do pick up on it. Do you have to work them on like several different species of birds? Do they use the same species per test? Like, is it always a pheasant or always, um, you know, another species? Well, for the water portion, it's always ducks. Um, for the field portion and stuff, it's typically either pheasants or chucker. Um, some, I think some, I think some um, chapters use use quail, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's probably not something that I would want to train only with pheasants and then have their first exposure to to chucker be at the test. test. Uh, That's what yeah, I'm getting I, at is how do you, like, I mean, what would I probably in that situation? I, I, it might be just fine because for the most part, a bird's a bird. Um, right. They're going to smell it and stop, you know, especially a game bird. They're going to smell it and do what they're supposed to do. It can, it could throw them for a little bit of a loop. Um, but you know, for the most part, these, if you're training for these tests, you're going to have access to, to those, a chucker or quail or, or, or whatever, you know, sure. um, there's people all over the country that raise these birds and you can go buy them for, you know, 20 bucks pop or 15 bucks pop or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, and that's on the Walmart, <laughs> trap yourself some pigeons. <laughs> Actually, pigeons. That's about. I got homing pigeons here at home. That's all. That's all I have at home. Otherwise, I just buy birds when I need them. But um, right. that's the best way to get your dog started, you know, because you don't need to shoot birds for them. I mean, yeah, you do eventually, but sure, you know, just exposing them to birds, is, exactly. And those pigeons are gonna fly right back home to the house I got out there for them, you know. So if you go buy a pheasant for 20 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever it is, you get one crack at that $25 bill and she gone, you know, yeah, exactly. These, you get pigeons and, you know, I put them in a launcher and run a bird over and pop the launcher and the pigeon flies most of the time beats me back home. And he's there for me to use them the next time too. So that's such um, a, a cool thing that you guys can do though. I wish like Jared said, if I could find a way to put a dog on a hundred lines, that'd be great. No kidding. Like, you know, you just can't do that where you guys have that opportunity. And that's what I've thought yeah. here. It's like, realistically, I can train a bird dog on two acres you know, or I shouldn't say train one, but I can do a lot of work. You can do a lot yes. to get them ready for that. Where hound, yep. it's like, shoot, I just got to literally take you to the woods and we're going to kick you loose. Yeah. You know, there's, it seems like there's more I could do at home. So yep. if I were wanting to do like, get into this testing, let's say now, I mean, what are the things that somebody can do beyond just contacting and going to these training nights? What would you say are the top three things that are something someone can work on at home to start getting a well, dog ready for that kind of atmosphere? Number one, I would say is obedience. If you don't have an obedient dog, you are, you're not going to do well in NAVDA or AKC. Um, maybe the field trial stuff, obedience. I don't, I don't really run in field trials. I got a buddy that does quite a bit, but you know, field trials, they want, they want dogs that are a little bit more independent and just go out and hunt type of thing. So I don't think right. the obedience is probably as, as big in the field trial stuff, but um, for definitely for NAVDA and AKC obedience is, is huge. Um, are we talking like a basic obedience? Like come 
like a recall? Or are we talking hand signals for grid and fields? Like what um, degree? No, more, more of more of calm heel. Heel is huge. Um, off and lead, wool. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the AKC, they have to be off lead. For NAVDA, they don't have to be off lead until the until it's the invitational. But um, wool is huge. But no matter what obedience you're doing with that dog, that's going to translate to to all the commands once they once they understand them you know i mean if you got a dog that you say come and it it comes instantly um yeah you might have to teach them wool but once they know what wool is they're gonna stop you know they're gonna wool as soon as you tell them to wool or they're gonna they're gonna heal as soon as you tell them to heal um that reaction you know that you're looking for that exactly that that that's just you know that's just a matter of that dog knowing who's boss basically you know and, and knowing it can't it's got to listen. So, sure. um, I would, I would say obedience is number one. Um, independence, I would say is number two, which you might, you might think that those two kind of contradict each other, but the, the dog's got to know when to be independent, you know, when to be um, out. you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to pass these tests. If you're, if your dog is not going to go out and look for birds or go out in the duck search and look for ducks, um, it's it's got to be independent enough that it's it's gonna go find game on its own, um, but yet if you decide it's time to heal, it better come heal too. So <laughs> yeah, go do um, what I'm telling you to do now until I tell you something different, and then I want you back. Pretty here. much, pretty much. Pretty what, much. What's your command for for like search for it or you know I mean go hunt. Everybody's got their own go hunt. I tell him go hunt. Yep, and that, that means... dog knows that it's just time to to go look for a bird. However, I want to go look for it. Now's my time to just go do my job. Don't micromanage me until you tell me something that I'm going to listen and come back to you. Pretty much get lost until you find something. That's a cool, so, a cool deal. <laughs> and, you know, I tell my dogs, hunt them up quite a bit. They they start to know what that means. You know, because sometimes they'll be heel hugging a little bit or hung up on a scent that I know is not a bird. You know, they're pissing around with a squirrel or something. I'll tell them to sure. hunt them up and kind of means the same thing like move on move basically along. you know yeah get going um that's what so, yeah it's... <clears throat> i don't know and i'm sure like you guys what blows my mind is the hand signals and whistles and all that like that's way more than i do but even down to when i've got young dogs and i'm training them recalls i'll work on my stairs like i've just been fortunate enough i've got at least porch steps somewhere sure and it's get up here get down here, get up yeah. here. And eventually they start figuring it out and then it's up to get into the truck and it's, you know, out in the field, yep. they're down the mountain. Hey, get up here. They know. And, yep. and it's crazy how you can teach these commands to these dogs, but like, just basically forget about me and ignore me and go, go find something. That's gotta be a really tough thing to teach. That, that's the heart. Like, a, like a, I wouldn't you have any search. clue how to do that as a, as a new guy, there's no way I can figure out, Hey, I want you to go and just ignore me until I want you to come back. Then I want your desire to please me to be stronger than your natural will to hunt. Like that blows my mind. That, that duck search is hard. Well, it's in the water for one. So they, they have to swim. They're swimming the whole time. 10 minutes. I can't swim for 10 minutes. (laughs) 
basically how you train for it is just, you know, you, I place the ducks out there, you place the ducks out there. You just try to progressively keep making them a little bit harder to find. So, so they the first time, right. exactly. So maybe like the first time you take them up to the water, put that duck where they can see it or it's quacking or it's splashing or something. And you give them that command and they go out there and grab that duck next time, put that duck kind of in that same area, but maybe 20 yards past that where they can't quite see it. Give them that command, you know, sure. set it, keep trying to set it up with success and just keep making it a little bit harder and a little bit harder and a little bit harder. Um, it, it's a, it's kind of a slow process and, you but know, I bet you can't get, rush that process. I would imagine if somebody, yeah. like, let's say I did that once with a dog and then I threw it out there and expected them to even look for two minutes. I'll bet that would be a long time for like a second attempt to look for a bird. It Yes. Yeah. Most dogs, if you take them out, I mean, they're going to swim out there and don't see it or smell it. And they're going to come right back, you know? Right. Um, so it's a very... Some dogs you can push more than others. Some dogs just got so much swim and drive, drive. Or, or whatever, you know, but, but for the most part, and you got to be careful too, because if you try to make it too hard, too fast, where they don't have success once or twice, That's they start looking I'm at getting. you like, yeah, they start looking at you like, dude, I don't, I don't trust you. I don't think there's anything out there. You know, I'm glad and, you said that. Cause that's kind of where I was going to go with that is if you set it up to a point where they're not successful, that's damaging. And I think yeah. like my shortcoming early on was, you know, every training opportunity, I didn't understand the lingering effects of that failed training attempt. Like, Oh, it just didn't work. Whatever. We'll start over tomorrow. Well, no, you left an impression in that dog's mind. Yeah. And now that dog thinks that you're full of it and it's not going to trust you. And now you want it to go back out and do it the right way. It's got to be tough. Yeah, you can go backwards pretty quick doing that. Real quick. So yeah. we got obedience and then contrarily In, independence. independence. What what else? I mean, is a top one. Um translation. I mean, learning how to translate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say just, you know, basic bird work as well. Um you know, if you don't if you don't put your dog on on birds, whether it be pigeons or, you know, some people live, if you happen to live in South Dakota or Eastern Montana or something where you've got access to a lot of birds, uh, you know, even just, even if they just make, yeah, even if they just make mistakes, just introducing them to birds. Um, you, you know, if they, they, birds make bird dogs, um, plain and simple. And if you don't, if you don't have access to birds or expose them to birds or something, you're not, you're probably not going to end up with a very good bird dog. So, um, so go I find yourself some homing be, pigeons. That's what we're getting at. Here. Yeah, pretty much. Or, you know, here in Northern Wisconsin, we have a lot of our grouse population is pretty good. Although the DNR always says it's down, which is awesome. I love it when they do that. <laughs> Just yeah, stay right? home and don't go, <laughs> don't go hunting. That's fine by me. But you know, you can, you can get a lot of, a lot of work done. Um, just walking them through the woods and bumping grouse or, or, or whatever too, you know, um, sure. it's kind of hard to set up that upper level training that way, but that exposure is huge. Um, just general exposure and acclimation to the field. Yep. Makes them want them, you know, right. They don't, if they don't know what they are, how, how can they want them? 
And if they right? don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I remember going steelhead fishing for the first time with my buddy. And, uh, you know, we bounce row here on the Rogue River. And I'm like, how do you know the difference? Like, I've caught lots of fish before, different types of fish. How do you know? He says, well, you just got to catch one to figure it out. <laughs> you know, you got to expose yourself to the thing you're looking for before you can figure out how to replicate it. And, I, yep. you know, that's how I look at these dogs, too. They're not going to know until they see it. And they might see yep. it a hundred times before it clicks. But you got to have them out there and, and exposed to it. If it takes a hundred so times, that's what it takes, you know. Where would be, I mean, I'm assuming there's lots of websites as far as like NAVDA and looking up for these chapter clubs and you yeah, know, people I think, can research uh, it. Um, yeah, NAVDA's website is uh, NAVDA, which is N-A-V-H-D-A dot org. And then within that website, um, you know, you can search for local chapters and um, and then you have to you have to become a member of your local chapter. And I think you also have to become a member of the the uh, national chapter as Just well. Pay but your dues it's, and... Yeah, it's it's pretty reasonable. I mean, I think probably for less than a hundred bucks you're gonna become a member in both of those. And I'm telling you right now, if if money is an issue, not that it's not an issue for you know, it <laughs> is an everybody. issue for everybody at <laughs> some level, but you know, if if you start looking at, at bird dog stuff and look at something that's a hundred bucks, I don't want to join it. Well, it's probably not going to work out because, I mean, you know, to to start, that's pretty cheap investment, really. That's, it's pretty cheap. Uh, um, you know, birds aren't cheap. Time's not cheap. If even if you hire a professional trainer, they're, you know, they're going to be six hundred to a thousand bucks a month um, for your dog just to be there. Um, so. Yeah, n- nothing's cheap. I mean, it all costs money. And, and the more you want to do with it, the more expensive it is. Um, you know, like I told you before, birds are 20 bucks a pop. Well, when I was training my dog for Master Hunt, uh, her Master Hunt title this spring, oh, I don't know, I probably shot 100 birds over. So, <laughs> yeah, do the math. <laughs> or don't, whatever. <laughs> yeah, don't. You're better off <laughs> yeah. not to. It works yeah. out better that way. Well, um, awesome, man. At least that gives people kind of an idea where to go. And, and you know, I've heard that name Navda just thrown around in, in other podcasts. And I kind of grasped what it was, but that kind of paints a better picture of the you know the utility side. And I mean it is yeah. something I, I told my wife a long time ago I could never train a bird dog. But honestly, the more that I'm talking with you guys, it's different. But really, I mean, you guys definitely have a lot of tools. You have organizations that are really good about helping people out and like these training days. It, I think it's a lot more accessible to somebody than than they might think. So don't be afraid to reach out and look into these groups or get a hold of us with questions. Honestly, I think getting into bird dogs is is a lot easier than it would be to get into hounds. Really? Um, maybe not monetarily to start out with but just accessibility um and man when you and when you cut hound when you cut hounds loose man you're freaking committed you know you're you're committed for the day you're committed to whatever vet bills might might come you know i i think the the bird dogs it's it's a little bit more um it's a lot more controlled I think would yeah. probably be a good word for it, you know. 
Um, well, you can go for you a quick, to... I got three hours to hunt. You can go load exactly. up, go get the dogs out, go hunt for an hour and be home for a birthday party and not get your butt chewed for missing it. Cause the bear took yep. you off over five canyons or whatever. Yeah. And I, you know, I think hounds getting started in hounds too. If, if you're not familiar with an area, it's, it's scary, you know, like, especially up here in Wisconsin where we got wolves and private land that you can't be on. You never know where you're going to end up. Bird dogs is going to stay within a hundred yards from you pretty much all the time. So, um, you know, you always know where you're going. Yeah, for sure. I I love, I love the, the balance that I have with them. You know, um, I got the three months of bear season in the summer where it's, feels like it's stressful and never know what's going to happen. And then I go into bird hunting where it's a little bit more chill. <laughs> if I want to, yeah. If I want to go for a walk for a couple hours, if I shoot a bird, great. If not, oh, well, but, um, then I go home and I'm done. You know, it's, I'm not sure. st- staring at my drive crack, driving around for the next four hours, trying to gather my dogs up. So, yeah, I think you're going to convert a bunch of guys over to running, running bird dogs, man. <laughs> that's all right i know my friend told me hey you got these coon hounds you just need one of these wire hairs then you can hunt the coon hounds at night and you can run the wire hairs during the day and you just never have to quit (laughs) everybody should have one just don't go hunting where i do yeah right well that's awesome man thanks for talking about that a little bit because i i know that like i said navda and these other organizations akc they all get thrown out there but i don't hear many people talking about it and how how easy it is really to get involved and find that yep. mentor or find somebody to at least point you in that direction. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And I mean, if anyone has got questions that want to get into it, you know, feel free to shoot me an email or look me up. And on where are they going to find you whatever. on social? Uh, well, Facebook Ross Elwinger. And then on uh, Instagram, it's fur and fur and feather hunt. Um, and if you got any questions, just shoot them on over and I'd, love to help people get involved or if you happen to live close to me and you want to go on a grouse hunt or or something just let me know man i'm always i'm always up for taking new people yeah well thanks for coming on today ross yeah no problem thanks for having me it was fun you bet